0: Welcome to C is for Creepy. My name is Elise. And my name's Courtney. Join us every week as we discuss our favorite true crime and paranormal stories. From A to Z. Welcome back to another episode of C is for Creepy. Thank you so much for all the love and support that we've seen over the last Letters to Q. This has been (laughs) wonderful seeing everybody and all of the downloads. Thank you so much.
1: Yep. It's been great. Like I said last time, this is my highlight of the week. So (laughs) I just want to keep it going. Uh, We've got some stuff in the works. So uh, make sure you stay tuned for that.
0: Yes. And please make sure to rate and subscribe and leave us reviews. We would love to hear everybody's thoughts on the podcast.
1: Absolutely
0: all right so what is your cue okay
1: if you listened last week i'm sure you heard how i said it was a stretch well for cue i'm going with questions <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> there was a lot of words that i could have chose but i just wanted to cover this case so i just you had to work. find
0: a stretch okay
1: yeah i had to find a
0: stretch i like it okay
1: yeah, so this is a chance to slip in an unsolved crime that left me questioning because, let's be real, there's a lot of crimes that do not have concrete answers that are super interesting to discuss. I'm also not going to do my normal uh, fact blurb at the beginning
0: just i feel like you should for questions what is what does wikipedia tell us about questions
1: um who where why what how
0: <laughs> the five w's
1: yes and what h okay <laughs> yeah no i i'm because you know I, I was thinking about doing something but you know i could get into cold cases which i've already covered or like unexplained cases which i'd like to do mm-hmm. so i'm saving all those this one's just kind of a fun one for me
0: okay Hit me with it.
1: The case I'm covering is fascinating, and it's from a hundred years ago. Okay. I thought that I knew the story inside and out, but I did a little digging, and the more I looked into this case, the more questions I had. I used articles from Mental Floss, Forensic Yard, and Wikipedia, but I also had the mother look when I stumbled upon Hinterkaifeck Das Wiki.
0: You're giving me Scooby-Doo vibes. Good.
1: That's <laughs> what I strive to do. So Hinterkaifeck Das Wiki, which is like a huge accumulation of articles, statements, and interviews dating back to 1922. So if you haven't figured it out, I'm going to be covering the Hinterkaifeck murders this week. Heads up! There's going to be a lot of attempts at pronouncing German names, so bear with me. My
0: favorite time of the episodes.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's it'll be good. Um, yeah. Names, places were located in Germany, so you get to hear my struggle. I don't know why I gotta like at least attempt to pronounce it correctly, and it does not land. But I can't stop myself from going through
0: it. You know what? At least we're trying.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, there's no insult ever to be meant. We just suck at it.
1: Yes. Hintergeifeck was the name of a farmstead in Bavaria, which was about 70 kilometers north of Munich. The farmstead was located just outside of the town of Groburn near the woods. The name Hintergeifeck was most likely given to the farmstead, because it was located a half mile behind, or hinter, the other town of Kaifach. On the farmstead lived a family. The family comprised of a widowed mother named Victoria Gabriel and her two children, Cecilia, who is seven years old, and Josef, who was is two years old. Aww. Also living in the house was Victoria's elderly parents, Andreas and Cecilia Gruber, Aged 63 and 72, respectively.
0: Sorry, aged what? 63
1: and 72. Okay. So, like, in order. Okay. Victoria had married a farmer's son named Carl Gabriel in 1914 when she was 27 and had given birth to their daughter nine months later. It was too late, however, as Carl had died at the very beginning of World War One. Oh, he never got to see his daughter.
0: Oh, very, that's really sad.
1: It is. Victoria lived with her parents on the farmstead that she had been born at. Her mother, Cecilia, had moved to the farm during her first marriage. Her first husband passed away when Cecilia was 36, and this woman wasted no time. <laughs> Within a year, she had remarried Andreas Gruber, who was like just like a farmhand, just helping out on the farm. So, okay. Living and working on the
0: farm. You know, at least you shouldn't have to go far to find love. You know, I can respect that. <laughs> <laughs> I also can respect that.
1: Andreas was nine years Cecilia's junior, and though the couple had multiple children together, only Victoria survived past infancy. Often being less involved in the community, more like shut ins.
0: Again, I can respect that. <laughs>
1: They did keep a maid on the property to help out as well. Okay. That is until six months before March of 1922. The maid had left her position with the family. The unnamed maid had quit because she didn't like the farmhouse. She heard noises in the attic and swore that the house was haunted.
0: I don't like where this is going.
1: No, you shouldn't. (laughs) <laughs> I, okay, fuck i'm the worst because i'm like oh this is a nice light story no no it isn't i just remember it not being as dark as it is
0: awesome okay
1: <laughs> yeah so despite speaking to the family a number of times regarding the eerie sounds in the attic and the constant feeling of being watched andreas did not believe the woman so she packed up her belongings and left good for her mm-hmm. trust your gut the family was fortunately able to find a new maid named Maria Baumgartner who arrived to Hindrika Effect on May thirty first, nineteen twenty two. The forty-five year old woman was accompanied by her sister left a short time after.
0: Okay. And why did the sister leave or was she never like intended to stay?
1: Oh no, she she was just accompanying her sister on the journey. Like okay. I think they traveled from a ways. So, it's good to have a travel companion. Okay. Yeah. Maria had lived a life full of hard work, according to her sister, and also one full of exclusion. Maria was slightly mentally disabled and had a noticeably shorter leg, making it challenging for her to walk. So, it really made it difficult for her to keep long-term employment. And she was bouncing around from job to job, like... Wonderful woman from, like, what I read, but just she struggled with the position she had. Mm -hmm. She had acquired her position at Hinterkaifeck with the help of a contractor. The maid had most likely not been told the reason that her predecessor had left the post.
0: I would assume not.
1: Nor is it likely that any of the family members told the woman some of the strange occurrences that had taken on the farm days earlier
0: oh lovely
1: even though andreas was adamant that the farm was not haunted there was strange happenings going around on the farm that he could not explain for one thing the man entered the room of his house and noticed something out of place a newspaper from munich since nobody read the paper nobody had it delivered like nobody in the town had that specific paper delivered Mm -hmm. how did it end up in this house
0: Was his wife having affairs
1: Mm, if only okay stranger still the 63 year old man had allegedly told his neighbor that one of the two house keys had gone missing oh no what's worse is that days before the incident andreas had woken up and saw that there was freshly fallen snow which is very picturesque Except for the fact that there was a set of footprints leading towards the house, but there was no footsteps leading away from the house. Ew. There, yeah, the family searched the property for any trespassers, but alas could find no one. As well, the lock on the engine room door had been broken and there was an attempt to break into the feed room as well. It was the footprints and the broken lock that prompted Andreas to write to the farm's neighbor, telling him of the peculiar things that are happening, that were happening. Okay. Yeah. But, like, he wasn't asking for help. Like, he didn't call for the police to investigate. He was just like, hey, neighbor, like, this is fucking strange, ain't it?
0: And... Oh, my goodness. I'd be calling my neighbor being like, please tell me you came and broke the lock off my room. Right. Pretty please. Something.
1: The night of the footsteps was also the night when members of the family had heard footsteps. When Andreas climbed into the attic to search for what was causing the sound, he found nothing. So I want to just take a moment and like really kind of paint a picture for you, like the layout of this farmhouse, because I feel like it's important. Because what we're talking about all these different buildings, it sounds like they're separate. They're not. Um, The farmhouse was like shaped like an L shape. Okay. So the top of the L was the living room, like, was the living quarters, was the actual house portion, so that's Mm -hmm. where the family slept, had their kitchen, all that fun stuff. It was a two-story building with the attic up top. Okay. Then connected to it was the stable, and there was, like, a corridor, like, pretty much only one person could fit through that corridor. Okay. But that was connected, like, you could enter the house from that room okay connected to that as well was the barn or like the thrashing room mm-hmm. so those three rooms are all connected and adjacent to it so like the
0: the bottom of the L yeah
1: that is the engine room and that is the only room that was not connected so like that one was kind of like walled off it was kind of like an addition
0: you from, had to get like, it into it from the outside yes okay
1: but the other rooms are all connected. Because, yeah, like I said, when I was reading it the first time, I didn't realize... You
0: thought these were all, like, barns and... Yeah,
1: pretty much. You, like, you had to walk outside to get to them. Yeah. So I don't feel like it... Unless I mention that, it doesn't accurately
0: portray. Yeah. Yeah. Though, how wonderful farming would that be in the winter?
1: Uh, Until you smell
0: cow shit. But you would get used to it. You would. Like, my grandparents live in this i guess now it's a city um but it used to be a town and it's right off a feedlot so the entire Mm. town smells like cow shit Mm. and driving in it just hits you like a ton of bricks
1: but you get used to it
0: after about a day you don't even (laughs) smell it and you're just like this is how people live here you just get used to it
1: that's true touche yeah fair enough that would be nice though just like you don't have to go outside to feed your cows just
0: yeah, to do it from your kitchen.
1: That'd be nice. <laughs> right? So, April 1st, two coffee salesmen arrived at the farm to see if the family would like to place an order. No one answers the door, so the salesmen move on. Later that evening, a man notices smoke coming out of the chimney. The 2nd of April, the family is missing from Sunday's service, which was very weird because the younger Cecilia she was in the choir so like she was, they were there every sunday
0: it was important to them
1: yes on monday the postman delivers the local paper as usual but notices that he couldn't see anyone in the kitchen which was odd and usually he would be able to see young joseph in his bassinet or in like the stroller mm-hmm. so like that was normal to him but today he couldn't see anything
0: i don't like where this is going
1: On the 4th of April, a repairman waited for about an hour to see if anyone was there. Like, he tried knocking on doors, tried going around, doors were locked, but he was able to gain access to the engine room because the lock had been broken off. Mm -hmm. So he did his repairs. It took him like four and a half hours that he was there. And, like, he was being obnoxious. He was, like, trying to draw attention to himself. Like, well, if I work loud, if I whistle while I work, maybe someone will come and investigate what I'm doing. Yeah. Right? No. Nobody comes out. The only thing that changed is he could hear a dog barking from inside. But when he finished his repairs, the dog was tied out front. And it was barking. But it was tied out in front of the house and the door was still locked.
0: Oh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Later that afternoon, Lorenz Schiebenbauer sends his two sons named Johan and Josef to Kaifek to see what was going on with the farm's inhabitants. Like, something is up. Mm-hmm. Despite them being oddballs, they weren't hermits, and they did have obligations such as school, church, job Like, they, they had lives.
0: Yeah. these weren't social butterflies. Exactly,
1: yeah. The two boys returned home after having found no one at the farm and reported this to their father. Lawrence formed a party of two other men and his sons and headed back to the farm. The three men opened the barn and discovered a haunting
0: scene. Oh, no.
1: So reports vary on what the men saw. Some sources say that when they walked in the barn, they saw the bodies of the four inhabitants stacked on top of each other. Ew. Other reports say that the bodies of Andreas, Cecilia, Victoria, and little Cecilia were laying near each other. Regardless, all of the victims had suffered a blow to the head with a heavy instrument and then their bodies had been covered with straw. If following the second narrative, it was alleged that Lawrence had actually moved two of the bodies, which we'll get to it in a little bit, but so very strange behavior because you don't mess with a crime scene. No. No. That, so he had moved Andreas, like, he, the, he said that he ruled him over, and he also said that he moved the younger Cecilia before the police arrived, which might be why the story changed.
0: Mm-hmm. So it, it
1: depends kind of what, like, based on what they originally saw, it sounds like they were stacked, but after he moved them, the police saw them next
0: to each other. Yeah.
1: On the DOS wiki site, there is actually crime scene photos of the murders, And it's so messed up because then they, like, reenacted what the people saw. So I don't know if those were the actual bodies that the police moved to reposition once again. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not including them on the Instagram. But, like, if you want to search, they are there. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it's so eerie, too, because, like, you can just see their feet. And there was, like, a door laying on top of them with, like, straw covering. It was just so, like... Eerie, and they were all in, like, this one corner of the barn near a door. Very eerie. After the men found the first four bodies, Lawrence went inside the house to investigate further, In the maid's quarters on the floor under a thick checkered quilt was the body of Maria. She, too, had suffered blows to the head by a sharp, heavy instrument. In the next room, in his bassinet, was the little Yosef who had also been murdered. Oh, my God. His body had been covered by the skirt of his mother's dress, which is interesting, too, when you think, like, about the psychology of covering up all of the bodies. Like, usually that's a sign of remorse. Uh-huh. But these are very violent deaths. I don't know. It's just, it's all bizarre.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Autopsy reports found that all of the victims were struck in the head multiple times with the same weapon, except Yosef, thank goodness he was given one blow. Um, They could not identify the weapon based on the shapes. They, their best guess was that it was a pickaxe, but it, like, it just didn't quite match enough.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we have to really remember here that this was 100 years ago. Exactly,
1: 1922. So it's not like they had what they have now. Yeah. Unless the murder weapon would be lying beside them covered in blood. It's really, like,
0: Who difficult knows? to
1: definitively tell. <clears throat> so this is really sad. Tragically, little Cecilia had suffered for hours after the attack. Oh, my like, God. She was alive. Um, And she had spent hours lying next to her murdered family members, and it was noted that she had pulled out several clumps of her hair, just like maybe like fear or oh God, like ugh, very sad now, who could have done this to this day? No one knows for sure at first, police believed it could have been vagrants looking to steal from the farm. But most of the valuables were left behind, like, including in one of the rooms, there was a box full of money Mm -hmm. just hidden under the bed, which this person would have had ample time to search if that was their goal. He was there
0: when the guy was fixing. Oh, God. Oh, God. This he was living in their attic and got found. Probably.
1: Possibly. It's so gross to think.
0: Oh, that gives me the heebies.
1: Mm hmm. This, yeah, this one puts you for creepy. Like, this is what terrifies me. Yeah. Mhm. So either way, like I said, lots of valuables were left behind, including money. So the theory that it was a vagrant looking to steal, that, that's dismissed. There were a few suspects, including the neighbor, Lorenz Schibenbauer. Lawrence and the late Victoria had a few nights of passion and it was claimed that it was claimed by both that Joseph was their child. Okay. Although it was claimed that Lawrence intended to marry Victoria, her father Andreas was extremely against it. So Lawrence had taken another wife who quickly fell pregnant and had a child weeks before the murders. Unfortunately, on... The 29th of March, the infant died suddenly. Very sad as Mm -hmm. well. Police believe that due to the tragedy of the death of his newborn child and that he was unwilling to pay Victoria any child support for young Yosef, Lawrence had snapped and murdered the family. He was also a suspect due to his nonchalant behavior. He was the first to discover the bodies and he was also moving corpses around. Okay, okay. So, like, that one I get. These are all reasonable deductions. Yep, yep, I agree with that. Yep. Though he was questioned extensively, they could not definitively link him to being on the farm the day of the murders. So, he was eliminated as a suspect. Another suspect was Carl Gabriel, Victoria's deceased husband.
0: He just came back from the dead and...
1: Police believe that there could have been a mistake and that he was alive, coming home to find his wife with another man's child, causing him to murder the family in rage. Hmm. This theory was dismissed as many soldiers were able to verify that he was indeed dead. Oh, man. (laughs) Another theory police had that it was actually Andreas that killed the family and then himself. I know. I know. It was rumored that the baby Yosef was actually the result of an, of an incestuous relationship between father and daughter. In fact, when Victoria was 16 years old, she had told a confidant that she had been seduced or abused by her father. Hmm. In 1915, Andreas was sentenced to a year in prison for incest, and Victoria had been sentenced to a month in prison. Okay. Though it is possible that the family had secrets being kept from the outside world, I find it very improbable that Andreas was able to deliver multiple blows to the head himself and then cover his body with straw, especially considering the murder weapon had not been found nearby. So.
0: Well, that and like I would assume usually you would stack things largest to smallest.
1: No. No, it looks like he was the last one on the pile. Oh, okay. Like just based on the photographs? Okay. That's what I would assume. Okay. The final theory I'm gonna mention is a confession given by a woman named Christina Mare. Mayer thirty years after the murders while she was on her deathbed. She claimed that it was her brothers named Adolf and Anton Gump that had massacred the family. Adolf had been a suspect in 1922, but never arrested. Hmm. He had passed away, however, when his sister confessed that he partook in the murders. Anton was still living, and so he was arrested, but due to lack of evidence, he was released. It was also discovered that Mayer was known to fabricate stories, so maybe not the most reliable statement. Okay. So we are almost done, but there's just a few more things that I'd like to mention about this case. Hmm. We've established that there was smoke coming from the chimney after the murders, after the murders were believed to have taken place. Yeah. The, The animals on the farm were also believed to have been cared for as well, as no one could recall hearing, like, any of the cows crying out in the night, like, because of they were hungry or dehydrated, like, nobody can recall anything mm-hmm. weird. So that implies that somebody was taking care of the animals. Yeah. That's just so strange. Other than the remains of a dinner, so there was, like, on the table, there was remains of, like, soup and bread that they were eating that night for dinner. So those were still there, but there was no other bread in the house, and there were strips cut off of some meat that was hanging in the attic. Which really, like, cements that somebody had been living there.
0: I've been living in their attic.
1: Right? After, like, hearing the footsteps. And six months prior, maybe this was a person that was just coming and going.
0: And then finally got caught.
1: Maybe. But I don't know. It's so weird. And, like, the... From the layout, it looks like the way into the attic was just off of the the stable where like the animals were kept. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of in the middle between the barn and the house. So it's easy to think like how he could have gotten into the barn before the family if he had already been in the house. Ew. <gasps> there was also a family dog who was named Spitz. And he was good to be, known to be a good guard dog. Oh. He was a watchdog, but he was also generally friendly. After the murders, Spitz was found in the stable, but he had sustained an injury to his eye. And he was aggressive to anybody who approached him. Oh. Spitz was happily rehomed, and he lived out the rest of his life.
0: Wow. Which
1: is always nice to hear. I like it when the dog laughs.
0: Did he get to keep the eye?
1: I don't know about that. Okay. Yes. The house was torn down in 1923. During that time, the murder weapon, a bloody mattock, was found. So that looks like kind of like a pick, kind of like a small hoe. Okay. But with like a longer, sh- like metal part.
0: Okay. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> kind of like a scythe?
1: no 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 not like a slate like uh it's got like a flat straight out blade
0: okay so like a hoe
1: but like shorter stick and longer metal piece okay like half a pickaxe okay but with the flat end
0: but okay (laughs) i like it
1: okay i'm great at descriptions (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: where did they find it
1: they found it in the barn area they also found a rusty pocket knife and a bloody iron strap was also discovered. I don't know how else to describe it. Like there I've got a picture of a recreation of it. Okay. So that'll be on the on the Instagram. Lastly, it has been speculated about how four separate members of the family could be lured into the barn one by one. Because that's what they figured happened. They figured that one member must have been drawn in there and then was blitz attacked, basically.
0: Honestly, after the second one, I think it would almost get easier.
1: I don't know. Like, my thought is, is if two people have left and not returned...
0: But you're at home. You're in your safe space. You would never think that something bad's gonna happen. I don't know. Like... If Waverly and Jeff went into the garage and just didn't come back, my first thought would be Zeus. <laughs> I would go into the garage.
1: I don't know. I guess yeah. You're probably you might be right. I'd probably try calling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's your instinct because you're safe.
1: You think you're safe.
0: Yes. Oh my god. I'm. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I think you just need to spend the night here because um. I. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep tonight.
1: Like I said, I don't know why. I was like, this is so light. No, it really isn't. This one is super creepy, but I remember why I found it so interesting.
0: (laughs) Like, I really struggle with, like, the children murders, but I struggle more with these ones. Mm -hmm. Because, like... They're inside the house. You are invading my safe space. You know what? You can be a murderer outside. (laughs) But do not come into my home. Do not wreck my safe space.
1: Mm -hmm. So it was posited that the perpetrators had agitated the animals in order to draw each members of the family. But that theory was disproven as, like, they tried to, like, scream. Like, they tried to yell in the barn, and that sound could not be heard in the house. So it's there's really no way to know exactly how... The members were lured because it's very unlikely that all four of them were in there at the same time if there was only one person even if there was two people that's mm-hmm. very unlikely so i think that that's the worst part for me is you're like systematically being lured like that's horror movie stuff right there
0: yeah oh okay
1: there are are a lot more questions that do not have answers as most evidence has not been recovered um like 1922 any evidence that they did have has since like
0: disappeared
1: either disappeared or just like it's not able to be tested because of degradation um reports have also since been lost or destroyed and witnesses have passed away the case was reopened in 2007 by first in field brook police academy who did agree on a theory but they have refused to release that theory to the public so that's more questions why do they not want to share because this case is was heavily heavily recorded like there was hundreds of people taking in the into questioning there was statements from lots of people there was articles about it internationally
0: Because this is calculated. Like, this is just, this is what keeps people up at night. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So. I think, I think what's also going through my brain right now is was, I'm not even going to say he, were they still in the house when they discovered the bodies?
1: You know, it's a possibility they could have been in the attic or there was a basement and a cellar and actually i can't confirm it was only in one source that i found but there was a report where a teacher had gone back to the ruins because like i said it had been demolished like parts of the house were taken for different uses Mm -hmm. but the cellar or basement was still intact and it looked like somebody had tried to dig graves so like there was like this start like the holes in the dirt floor of the cellar so like i said that was only in one report that i saw that's why i didn't originally include it but
0: oh my god oh Oh, that gives you the hebes
1: that one this
0: This is one reason why I would never want to live on an acreage or a farm.
1: Oh, see like even with that, I still
0: <laughs> I think I would be the crazy person with like weight sensors <laughs> at every entrance and exit with like cameras. You need a pit <laughs> a pit,
1: yeah, like one of the like in the shows where like if you don't like somebody, you just press the button and the floor gives out, and they go in the pit, oh yes. <laughs> booby traps
0: yes
1: (laughs) lots of booby traps (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so that's my case that was my cue for questions because that one left me with a lot of questions
0: (laughs) you know what i don't even i'm not even gonna fault you on that stretch
1: okay thank you i appreciate that
0: my brain kind of feels like soup right now (laughs) i have so many questions but i'm also so infuriated
1: i'm just so like
0: (sighs) i want to crawl out of my skin yeah. So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is your cue?
0: My cue is not a stretch. <laughs> and it is for Queen Mary.
1: Ooh, that's yeah. a good one.
0: Yeah. It was, it's pretty cool. And I love, I I remember like a couple of years ago, I got really into BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. And I watched their investigation on this and ever since i'm like oh one day one day i'm gonna cover it (laughs) so today's that day on may 27th 1936 the queen mary departed from southampton england embarking on her maiden voyage she boasted five dining areas and lounges two cocktail bars and swimming pools a grand ballroom a squash court and even a small hospital
1: oh i could live there
0: right did you know it's actually cheaper to retire on a cruise
1: i've seen that
0: than it is to retire in canada
1: yeah yeah you know what i would b- fully believe that yeah Well, like all your food is included and mm-hmm. yeah
0: just saying that might goals maybe yeah you know if my kids are like yeah we don't want to take you in you're going to an old folks home mm-hmm We're just going to be cruising for the rest of my life.
1: Yep. Oh, I should totally cover cruise crimes.
0: Yes. Please do. I will one day. But maybe don't because if, like, we want to retire on cruises.
1: We still live in homes even though murders happen in homes.
0: (laughs) Touche. Touche, my friend. The Queen Mary has a set... The Queen Mary had set a new benchmark in transatlantic travel, which the rich and famous considered as the only civilized way to travel.
1: What was the other options? Sorry, like, I just feel back then, airplane was still in its infancy.
0: I don't even know if airplanes, oh, yeah, it would have been in its infancy. I, (laughs) tugboats?
1: Either way, you're going by ship. Yes. Yeah
0: i i think it was just a bougie ship
1: i see okay
0: it's like the private jet of 1936 (laughs) she quickly seized the hearts and imagination of the public on both sides of the atlantic representing the spirit of an era known for its elegance class and style for three years after her main voyage the queen mary was the grandest ocean liner in the world carrying Hollywood celebrities like Bob Hope and Clark Gable, royalty like the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, and dignitaries like Winston Churchill during this time. Wow,
1: very bougie.
0: Yes. She even set a new speed record, which she held for 14 years.
1: Hey, that's pretty impressive.
0: So my only issue with this is, didn't the Titanic just sink like a few years ago?
1: Uh, It sunk in 1914.
0: So 15 years ago, and everybody's just like, yeah, cool, we're going to try this again.
1: Uh, I think that that is one of humanity's greatest and also worst qualities, is they're able to just
0: move on. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I guess that it wasn't going through the Arctic in, like, 1914 or 1912. It, it was before World War One. Either way. Okay. Sorry. Either way.
1: That's my, uh, that's my Downton Abbey. (laughs)
0: After, after living through the Titanic, I honestly can say that I don't know if I would get on a boat. Yeah. Especially one that's boasting about its swimming pools. (laughs) Getting Titanic vibes, but that's just me. Fair. She even set a new speed record, which she held for 14 years. As World War II started, the Queen Mary's transformation into a troop ship had begun. She was painted a camouflage gray color, stripped of her luxurious amenities. Bull.
1: These soldiers deserve some
0: swimming pools. Right? Like, you're telling me they can't use a lounge. Right? It's rude. Yep. It was dubbed the Grey Ghost. Because of her stealth and stark color, the Queen Mary was the largest and fastest troop ship to sail capable of transporting as many as many as 16 000 troops at 30 knots no i did not google what knots
1: that's speed okay. was we can just accept that it is
0: okay thank you <laughs> at the end of world war ii the queen mary began began a 10 month retrofitting process which would return the ship to her original glory and on july 21st 1947 the Queen Mary resumed regular passenger service across the Atlantic Ocean and continued to do so for nearly two more decades.
1: Wow. I didn't realize that it was operating that long.
0: hmm Yeah, it's, it's very impressive.
1: hmm Especially when you hear, like, ships. I don't know. I just assume that they sink.
0: <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I also have, like, this weird thing with open water that, like, it just it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Being in the middle of the ocean, just...
1: I get that. That I get.
0: So maybe I'm not going to retire on a cruise. (laughs) (laughs) So with the increasing popularity of air travel, helped signal the end of an era for the Queen Mary. Okay. By 1965, the entire fleet was operating at a loss, and they decided to retire and sell the legendary Queen Mary. On October 31st, 1967... The Queen Mary departed on her final cruise, arriving in Long Beach, California on December 9th, 1967. She had called Southern California her home ever since. The Queen Mary is now a floating hotel attraction and event and wedding venue, home to three world-class restaurants and an icon in Southern California.
1: Wow. That's cool. See, there you go. We can stay on a ship and a hotel and no cruise. No open ocean.
0: I like it. Since her retirement from the sea as an active liner in 1967, the Queen Mary has never been more popular as an iconic Southern California attraction, hotel, and venue. The ship carried some 2.2 million passengers in its time and 800 and 10,000 military personnel in the Second World War. But here in Long Beach, it's estimated 50 million people have visited. Wow. So more people have seen her since she retired.
1: Than have ever ridden her across the Atlantic. Yeah. That's incredible.
0: Right? So an interesting note, that the day the ship was launched in 1934, a well-known English psychic, Lady Mabel Fortusick Harrison, Predicted, the Queen Mary will know her greatest fame and popularity when she never sails another mile or carries another fair-paying passenger.
1: Wow. She was pretty
0: spot on. Right? Now internationally recognized, the historic floating hotel and museum attracts thousands of visitors every year. It has also attracted a number of unearthly guests over the years. Mm-hmm. In fact, some say the Queen Mary is one of the most haunted places in the world, with as many as 150 known spirits lurking upon the ship. Oh my. Over the past 60 years, the Queen Mary has been the site of at least 49 reported deaths, not to mention having gone through the terrors of war. So it comes as no surprise that spectral spirits of her vivid past continue to walk within her rooms and hallways.
1: Oh.
0: Giving you ghosty toasty vibes? Yeah. Over the years, the sightings of the apparitions that have been haunting the Queen Mary ship have increased substantially. Now a famous world tourist attraction, not just because of its varying history, but also because of the paranormal guests that are supposedly on board haunting it.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm sure if they had said that back in 1967, like, hey, we got some ghosts, I'm sure they could have bumped up their numbers a little bit.
0: (laughs) Right? Right. But maybe it needed more time to acquire the ghosts.
1: But if it was a service ship, I mean... And also being a ship, like, there's always dead people
0: on ship. I'm People die out in sea all the time. This is true. Interesting. There have been numerous paranormal sightings by tourists who have seen various apparitions and events that could not have taken place normally in a ship that had been defunct for over 40 years but going by the regularity in sightings of these paranormal beings there seems to be a lot of truth in them there have been sightings and hearings of lights being switched on and off laughter coming from rooms rooms sounds of distinct knocks door slamming high-pitched squeals no (laughs) drastic temperature changes and aromas of smells long past
1: oh that is interesting i'm does it say what kind of past smells yes
0: it does oh i'm so excited so some of the isolated paranormal sightings have been a man in dark clothes and whose face is bearded is a regular apparition on the queen mary appearing the appearing of this ghost refers to a very well-known incident that happened on the ship where a fireman was killed getting crushed underneath a watertight door during a regular fire drill. See? People just die. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. This apparition is one of the same men who was killed and now haunts the doorway, which was responsible for his death in the first place.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. That's just... I really admire this spirit for haunting the doorway. I don't know what it is. I respect that. I just respect that so much. You killed me. You better get used to me.
0: Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Two more popular spots on the Queen Mary's otherworldly guests are its first and second class swimming pools. Though neither are utilized today for their original purpose, spirits seemingly are not aware of that. In the first class swimming pool which has been closed for more than three decades, women have often been seen appearing in 1930s swim-style suits, wandering the decks near the pool. Others have reported the sound of splashing and spotted wet footprints leading from the deck to the changing rooms. Oh,
1: I don't like that. I don't like that.
0: Yeah. Some have also spied the spirit of a young girl clutching her teddy bear.
1: Oh, no, not by the pool. Yeah. Ooh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so there were some accounts that I found that said that a girl did drown in the pool.
1: Okay. But then
0: other accounts were like, no, there's never been any children drowning in this pool. So. Okay. They vary.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
0: In the second class pool room, the spirit of another little girl named Jackie has often been seen and heard. Allegedly... The unfortunate girl drowned in the pool during the ship's sailing days and reputedly refused to move on as her voice, as well as the sounds of laughter, have been captured here. Mm-hmm. So like I said, some stories say yes, some stories say no. Mm-hmm. It really depends what you're reading.
1: Fair. That's the worst part about all of this research. Like, it's all a legend. Yeah, it's all like... Especially with your paranormal, as it's all alleged.
0: Yeah. Guests and workers alike have reported sightings of the white lady. Have you ever noticed that when there's multiple hauntings, there's always a red lady, a white lady, a lady in black? Yep.
1: I don't think it's a true haunting unless you've got one.
0: I can appreciate that. Sightings of the white lady. A woman floating at the end of a first-class lounge called the Queen's Salon, which once served as the ship's first-class lounge. A beautiful young woman in an elegant white evening gown has often been seen dancing alone in the shadows of the corner of the room. Oh. For more than half a century, whether you believe it or not is up to you, but there's photographic evidence for the curious.
1: Oh, is there, can we see the photos?
0: I did, I believe I grabbed one yes. for the Insta.
1: Fingers crossed. <laughs>
0: yes, I will double check. More occurrences have been made in a number of first class staterooms. Reports have been made of a tall, dark haired man appearing in a 1930s style suit, as well as water running and lights turning on in the middle of the night and phones ringing in the early morning hours with no one on the other end of the line.
1: Oh, no. You
0: know, if I was staying in that hotel room, I'd be pissed. Oh,
1: yeah. One star.
0: (laughs) It's not their fault.
1: I don't care.
0: It's like, get your ghost shit together.
1: Yeah. No phones. Mm -hmm. You've got cell phones now.
0: (laughs) Right? In the third-class children's playroom, a baby's cry has often been heard, which is thought to be the infant boy who died shortly after his birth. Oh, Yeah, John Henry, one of the resident ghosts, has a sad story of his own that has inspired ghost hunters to try to reconnect with his spirits. Henry worked in the boiler room, and it was here that his remains were found, unfortunately unsure how he died. Mm. Ghost hunters report seeing Harry's shadow figure lurking between the boiler room and the green room. Some even claim to have spoken with Henry, who sometimes audibly responds... To questions about beer. <laughs> you got an
1: ale over there? Right. <laughs> now it's a lager. <laughs>
0: uh, so Grumpy is arguably one of Queen Mary's most memorable ghosts.
1: I wonder why.
0: Also known as Grumpy the Growling Ghost. <laughs> That's why. This spirit, whose identity is not actually known, is especially memorable because he tends to growl at visitors. Grumpy is said to lurk in a room under the stairs near the first class swimming pool. Oh no. Could you imagine just trying to go to breakfast and some like ghost growling at you? I'd go back to bed. Like not today, Grumpy. No. Sometimes he joins Henry in the boiler room. You can hear audio recordings of grumpy growling in there as well.
1: Oh. Oh, I don't enjoy that.
0: See, I kind of want to know if it's like a mocking growl or if it's like sincere? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like those are very different. And like what are we talking about? Are we talking about like grr or like actual like just kind of harumphing at them? <laughs> You know?
1: Yeah. Oh. I get what you're saying. Honestly, either way, I don't enjoy that.
0: No. No. Captain John Treasure Jones was the last captain of the active Queen Mary, sailing the ship from 1965 to 1967 and captaining her final voyage from Southamptons to Long Beach. This earned him some serious credit in the maritime maritime, Community, transforming him into a media figure following the vessel's retirement. He died at age 87 in 1993. Jones was well known on the ship for his affinity for cigars. And visitors still report smelling cigar smoke in the captain's quarters. Which, in today's age, nobody is smoking inside ever.
1: Oh, hopefully. So hopefully
0: remember earlier when we talked about smells yeah it was cigars oh (laughs) of the reported deaths on the queen mary during its time in service one of which was that of john petter otherwise known as half hatch harry yes the infamous door 13 located in the shaft alley crushed the 18 year old crewman to death when he was playing chicken with another crew member. (sighs) Oh no. Yeah. Petter is known to leave behind greasy handprints in areas where he roams. It remains one of the ship's most popular attractions for ghost hunters. Huh.
1: They really have a problem with their doors. Right? Like, I feel like two door deaths is too, too many.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I agree. The creepiest of... The creepiest of the Queen Mary's onboard deaths. Legend has it that someone murdered a young woman named Dana and her family in room B474. The killer strangled Dana's little sister and mother on the bed and then shot Dana in the bathroom. Whoa! Dana's spirit can be found lurking with the other ghostly children in the second class pool and sometimes joins Grumpy and John Henry in the boiler room. <laughs>
1: Wow. Ooh, poor Dana. Right?
0: Today the Queen Mary, listed on the National Register of Historic Places, provides not only a wide range of guest rooms for travelers, but also a 14 art deco salons, tours, restaurants, shops, and exhibits, and paranormal investigating.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if you're in California, how could you not stop there?
0: I agree. So I got all of this information from QueenMary.com, MarineInsights.com, LegendsOfAmerica, and UnsolvedMysteries.Fandom.com.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much. That was such a good story.
0: Yeah, it it actually had like quite a few ghost stories, so it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I got to watch a lot of like YouTubers who did the investigations, so it was really cool.
1: All right. Thank you so much for listening. For listening to another episode of
0: C is for Creepy, thank you so much. We really appreciate everybody listening.
1: Uh, you'll have to tune in next Tuesday as we cover R. So thanks for listening. Bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in to C is for Creepy. We put out weekly episodes every Tuesday, going through the creepy alphabet check out our website at acast.com slash c is for creepy or on facebook at c is for creepy podcast or on instagram at c for creepy podcast if you have any questions concerns or
1: suggestions please email us at c for creepy
0: at gmail.com artwork done by alexis daly Check out her work at L-E-X-X-A underscore artwork on Instagram. See you next week. Bye.